एंड वेलकम टू दिस एडिशन ऑफ पार्ले द हिंदूज वीकली पॉडकास्ट आई एम वर्गीज के जॉर्ज योर होस्ट फॉर दिस वीक एंड वी आर डिस्कसिंग द नेहरू गांधी डायनासिटी एंड द कांग्रेस पार्टी Our guests have known the Congress Party, been part of it, but at the same time, they are not party insiders. Rajiv Gowda, who recently uh, finished his first term in the Rajya Sabha, and Kumar Kathkar, a sitting member of the upper house. Welcome to Parle, Rajiv and Kumar Kathkar. There is a view popular in recent days that the Nehru Gandhi dynasty is actually a drag on the Congress Party. How do you see this? Uh, i reject that uh, argument altogether the nehru gandhi dynasty have um, uh, a tremendous role to play in leading the congress party forward as well as they have led the party through ups and downs over the last few decades now the um, two things you must remember one is the fact that across the entire uh, length and breadth of the country there is support from congress people members for the nehru gandhi uh, family as uh, the lead as, as uh, you know in, in terms of leading the party and uh, this tremendous faith and trust and this is not just because of their dynastic connections it's also because they have walked the talk mrs gandhi when she was uh, chairperson of the national advisory council um, essentially um uh, you know ensure that our ideological commitment towards inclusion was uh, translated into policy through the kind of uh, suggestions that came out of the nsc and then were you know turned into law by uh, the upa government under dr manmohan singh it could be the various rights based legislation and then you've seen younger rahul gandhi of course being a very staunch champion of uh, of uh, secularism of um, uh, you know of the true kind of indian nationalism of um, uh, you know of, of basically uh, compassion you know again inclusive growth and um, uh, you know and, uh, it's so basically um, uh, you know we are very very happy overall and right, you know we right. all realize that the party is going through tough times right now but that does not mean that we have to uh you know we have to strengthen their hands rather than uh you know uh, ask them to abandon ship yeah fair enough fair enough we'll come back to uh, that uh, that comment and uh, uh, try to unpack some of the comments that you made there so we'll uh, uh, listen to kumar's view on that so all these things all these qualities of the nehru gandhi dynasty worked at some point in time uh, which may not be relevant today that is a criticism okay it was it is true that okay nehru did uh, great for the country and for the party so did uh, even mrs gandhi uh, she brought the congress back to power uh, in 2004 but right now that may not be working how do you view that uh, how do you take that view uh, kumar kethkar well actually actually it is quite presumptuous to say that it is not working now who decides that not some liberal intellectuals or the media commentators they cannot decide what is working or what is not because in 98 and 99 you must have noticed mrs gandhi did not really click and everybody ruled her out completely in 98 and 99 both the time she was defeated and therefore in 2004 if you recall all the television channels were wondering who would be the next prime minister if not vashpay in mm-hmm. 2004 on the one hand they said the tall leadership of vashpay mm-hmm. and on the other hand a person who can't even speak hindi and mm-hmm. therefore they were confident entire media without exception 
entire media without exception, all commentators without exception, were 100% sure that Mrs. Gandhi and the Congress cannot make it in 2004. And therefore, they were shocked and surprised when it happened. And their awe could not, be, could not go even beyond because she said she's not going to accept prime ministers. So I think the media commentary or media commentators are to be seen with a lot of skepticism. I think they may have good intentions, but I think their perceptions are totally wrong, misplaced. They don't understand what is happening on the ground. At the ground level, the tremendous sympathy and love and affection that the Nehru family enjoys is beyond what they can do or what they will do or what they should do. It is not a question of success and failure. It is a question of heart and mind and soul. And they have that relationship with them. I'm not saying what they do every time is correct or wrong. I will not comment on that. The point is the relationship, the bonding that the people in India, even in the states where they are defeated, Congress is defeated like UP and Bihar or Rajasthan and Gujarat, the bonding one has to go. I have been a journalist for so long. I can tell you after having moved among the people that the bonding that the Gandhi family has, nobody in the country is near comparable. Right. Okay. So both of you agree on one point that uh, regardless of what the crisis that uh, the Congress might be facing today, the way out of that crisis is not to abandon the family, but in fact, actually uh, strengthen the family. But if that is true, what is it that makes the family much less effective today? than uh, it used to be at one point. Uh, my question, I, uh, if Rajiv could take that, and then we'll, I'll ask uh, Kumar Kyadagar the same question. Um, I would not say it has anything to do with the family per se. I think the party is going through a, a stage where uh, the former president um, stepped aside, and we have an interim president arrangement. And so therefore, um, uh, you know, and then of course, there's been this whole disruption uh, due to the COVID lockdown and uh, the, uh, the larger um, uh, fallout. Uh, so basically, as a result, they, you know, they, I, I think uh, decision making, you know, needs to be uh, fine tuned. And uh, there's been some, um, uh, you know, some bit of a challenge there in terms of reviving all the party's um, uh, decision making structures in the way in at, a, in, at an optimal in an optimal way. Mm -hmm. So. What is your view on that, uh, uh, Kumar Kethkar? Uh, if the family has been uh, the most effective leadership and uh, tool of popularity that the Congress Party has, why is it is why it is not as effective as it used to be? I mean, you all judge effectivity only by the electoral results. Right. I don't think that is a correct parameter to decide on the effectivity. Uh -huh. The organizational aspects, the direction that the party takes, the ideology that party takes, I think no other family or no other party, particularly family and Nehru Gandhi family, uh -huh. no other family has taken the firm stand on secularism, democracy and liberalism like they have. Uh -huh. And now just because Modi and Shah are strong and the BJP is strong, everybody thinks that Congress is weak and Congress is finished because he gave a call for Congress Mukta. But after giving call to Congress Mukta Desh, He's actually inviting all the congressmen to join the BJP. Right. Uh -huh. so whether it is Sindhya or Pilot or anybody, they want congressmen to join the uh -huh. BJP and then make it Congress Pradesh. Why can't they have their own party? The uh -huh. basic fact is that Congress is the only party which fights for secularism and Nehru Gandhi family is the fundamental symbol 
of the secular and liberal democratic principle. So you, your argument, if I may paraphrase uh, for the larger audience, so the fundamental differentiation between the Congress and the BJP is not whether one is led by a dynasty or not, or uh, uh, th there is a preponderance of dynastic leaders in one party or not. It is more a fundamental question of uh, who stands uh, for secularism and who stands for uh, Hindutva. You know, but actually the BJP stand, so-called against dynasty, is completely hypocritical. Uh -huh. Because Pilate himself is a dynast, uh -huh. Milin Devra is a dynast, uh -huh. Priyadat is a dynast, uh -huh. Sindhya is a dynast. All, the, all of them are having their parents in uh -huh. the party at a very senior level for a long time. Uh -huh. And now while condemning dynasty, they actually want to condemn only Nehru and the family. Other dynasties, they don't mind. Uh -huh. Even in their NDA, Paswan is a dynasty. Right. Okay, so the when we speak about the when we analyze the popularity of the Nehru Gandhi dynasty, we also see a regional variation perhaps uh, from the state that you come from, uh, Rajiv Karnataka, or southern states in general remains much more uh, welcoming of the Nehru Gandhis than the northern region where the real fight against the BJP is, for example, UP or Bihar. Uh, do you think that is a valid uh, analysis of the situation, Rajiv? I mean, in, in the southern states, Nehru Gandhi dynasty still remains much more popular than they are in uh, northern states or western states. See, if you go to every village in India, you will find Congress supporters. Okay, but your point is also valid. But you uh, go, uh, you need to go a little beyond. Um, you draw a line from Kanyakumari to Kashmir. Uh -huh. And um, every uh, state that that line goes through, uh -huh. every state to the west of that line, the Congress has a strong organization, governments in some of those states, and is, um, uh, you know, in, in that sense, uh, is, is, is doing, is, 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 has got a bright future in those states. In uh, some of the states to the right of that line, and some of them are very large states, including southern states, so we can't even say south. Right. I mean, um, uh, the erstwhile um, uh, undivided Andhra was a bastion of the Congress, uh -huh. but the new Andhra is not. Um, uh, in the Tamil Nadu, there's a lot of affection for the uh, Congress and Nehru Gandhi family, but the regional parties have dominated. Uh -huh. If you go to other very powerful uh, states in terms of seats, uh -huh. uh, Bihar, Uttar Pradesh, Bengal, we are not doing, uh, Orissa, we're not doing that well. Again, in the Northeast, we pick up uh, some more support. Uh -huh. So, but basically, um, I don't, um, I, I mean, so there, some of it has to do with organizational strengthening that's required. And there you must admire that Priyanka Gandhi, who has, um, who could have chosen to do whatever she wanted within the party, has chosen the most challenging task, which is to go into Uttar Pradesh and revive the party in India's most populous and influential state, but by uh, eschewing other opportunities, but basically saying, I'm going to go there and, uh, you know, rebuild uh, from the ground up. And it's going to be a tough challenge. But it, that's the kind of commitment that they're showing. And um, uh, so, so I think we will win back the affection of, uh, of the people across the length and breadth of India. And, um, and then, we, you know, we were also always saying we are a mass party, we're not a card-based party. In Karnataka, our new PCC president, D.K. Shivkumar, is leading an effort to, you know, strengthen the Congress from the booth level up. We were just uh, appointing, you know, um, a sort of digital youth for every booth to ensure that there are actually 
um, youngsters at every booth level who are part of the social media and uh, you know uh, uh, team. So basically, we will need to do a lot more of that kind of organizational renewal investment to overcome. Uh, those challenges that you mentioned. But more than that, remember, people have gone with Mr. Modi in sort of, uh, you know, and fallen for his, um, you know, false pitches. And um, I think they, at some point, they're going to say, my God, let's go back to the tried and true, um, uh, you know, party that has governed us and built modern India and never, uh, you know, created divisions, but focused on taking us all forward together. Right. Okay. So that may well into the future. Right now, what we uh, see is people and leaders who have been uh, personally, at least publicly, very loyal to the Nehru Gandhi family. I'm now talking about Sachin Pilot, which is the context of our discussion today, though we are coming into that part quite late into the discussion. So he, uh, Mr. Pilot, and before that, Jodhradatya Sindhya, both of them were portrayed for good reasons to be the comrades in arm with uh, Rahul Gandhi, who will be building the future of the Congress. In uh, a very startling manner, Pilot, uh, sorry, first Sindhya left, and now Pilot is sitting on the edge. You don't know where, which way he will turn. Uh, do you think that is a failure of the family to keep the people who are loyal to them sufficiently inspired and giving them hope and leadership well, actually, that's a very wrong perception because uh, Sajin Pilot uh, was elected as MP at the age of 26 uh -huh. and now he's 42. In between, he was a cabinet minister or a central minister and now deputy chief minister and the president of the local party, that is Rajya Sabha, uh, and therefore uh, Raja Party. And therefore, to say that he was neglected is completely wrong. And the same is true of Jyotirajitya uh, Sindhya. He was he was very much a respected leader in the party. And one doesn't know why he left. But there is no reason. Has he come out by saying that he does not accept the secular, liberal, democratic line that Nehru Gandhi family has taken? Is he objecting to the ideological position? Is he objecting to the organizational structure? What is he doing? In Madhya Pradesh, he had a tremendous opportunity to rebuild the party. He himself lost in Guna. Everybody talks about Rahul Gandhi losing in Amethi, but uh, Sindhya also lost in Guna in his own constituency, lost by large margin. Uh -huh. So I think these losses and uh, victories in the elections do not really define. And moreover, let me tell you, it is the BJP which is more obsessed with the so-called dynasty, which I consider not dynasty but family, because in dynasty it's a natural succession. Uh -huh. Whereas in India, the so-called dynasty, Indira Gandhi has lost election, Sanjay Gandhi has lost election. In 1989, Raju Gandhi personally won, but Congress lost election. Dynasties don't lose like the dynasties continue irrespective of whatever happens to the polity. So I think the dynasty term is wrong. But the point is, BJP is more obsessed with the so-called dynasty than the Congress itself. Congress is quite democratic. Congress is quite, you know, internal criticism is very strong inside the party. But, but why BJP, are... wants to finish, BJP wants to finish the Gandhi family because they know that the strength of the Congress is in Nehruvian thought. And that's why they want to destroy Nehruvian family. And that's why they will not find any congressman, as many as can joining BJP, but they do not want Nehru families to continue. But why are these people leaving the Congress party in such large numbers? The BJP? Why are these leaders leaving the Congress party in such large numbers? 
I mean, that happens because the personal ambition they consider more important than the party and ideology. If they actually keep away the personal ambition and the personal so-called aspiration, the so-called aspirational generation, aspirational generation doesn't have any ideals, doesn't have any ideology. It has only aspirations and no ideology. I think the overemphasis on aspiration is actually leading them to go. And the rest of the people are not going. It is not as if the mass of Congress is going. In 1969, when the Congress was split, it was vertically split. Large number of people went with Mrs. Indira Gandhi. And there was a section of the people which remained with the syndicate, that is, organization Congress, with Nijlingappa and others. But finally, in 1971, when the Grand Alliance lost, along with the syndicate Congress, Mrs. Gandhi emerged as the only leader of the international Congress. And that's when the further further continuation of the so-called you know, mystery of the Gandhi family continued. Right. Okay. To you, uh, uh, Varghis, let, let, me, let me jump in there. Yes. See, in the case of both Pilot and Sindhya, who are, uh, um, you know, very, very prominent leaders, um, uh, what, uh, what, you know, Pilot, let's make it clear, he has not left the party. There is some confusion yes. within uh, the Rajasthan Congress. And, uh, you know, so I wouldn't jump to conclusions that he has left or walked over to the other side or anything like that. The other point is that, um, you know, even if they were ambitious, I, if they had asked me, which they haven't, I would have said, why don't you wait your time? You know, you are both in states where the Congress is strong, where it has an opportunity to come to power. If not, uh, it's already come, but it will also come back again in the future. And uh, you guys are uh, you know, in your 40s when um, the other seniors who are currently holding office are in their 60s and 70s. So, um, uh, you know, what's the way, hang, hang in there is what I would have told them. So at that point, I think we will segue into the another very critical question that consistently gets uh, debated and uh, argued on, which is that is there an old guard versus young generation tussle that is going on in the Congress party, which is making the functioning of the party very difficult? Rajiv Gowda? I don't really see that. I basically would say that, um, uh, you know, that uh, who the, especially the people that we spoke about um, uh, may have fallen, um, uh, you know, see, just sort of they, they may have reacted a little too hastily to what is what I would call normal politics. Normal politics is a situation where people are constantly um, competing. You know, we're all in the same party, but that doesn't mean that we don't necessarily compete within the party, uh, you know, as much uh, while simultaneously competing with, um, uh, you know, with our political opponents and ideological opponents. And here, um, you know, both in both Madhya Pradesh and Rajasthan, you know, there is competition within the party. And so you need to figure out ways to, uh, you know, figure out which battles to fight and which ones to avoid and how do you consolidate your own position and sometimes you let the uh, you know, other competitors get ahead, nothing stays static forever. So, uh, you know, I would um, really expect that people, um, you know, play for the long game. I mean, you know, so but, it's really you need to be marathon runners, I would say. Sir, your views on that, Kumar Katkar, on uh, an old guard versus uh, young generation tussle in the Congress? That is a completely absurd uh, kind of an argument. Because there are hundreds and thousands of youths in Maharashtra, I can tell you definitely, and in the rest of India, who are still with the Congress and we are still with the family. So to say that the Congress family has been, you know, sort of deserted by the youth and is going for the old 
is completely wrong, completely wrong perception, just because of few dynasts like Sindhya and Pilot, and Pilot has not actually, as Rajiv said, has not really left Congress. In fact, his statement is that he's, he's being maligned before the Gandhis. That means he's accepting the Gandhi leadership. But that apart, what happens in Rajasthan and what happens in Madhya Pradesh is completely different. But let me tell you an uh, important uh, sort of rejoinder that in 1967, Congress got a very thin majority in parliament. Mm -hmm. And about eight states were lost. Even now, imagine if Indira Gandhi did not split 1969 the party and rejuvenated, then what would have happened in 71? Without Indira Gandhi, it was impossible for 1971 victory. Similarly, without Indira Gandhi's leadership in 1980, after the collapse of Janta Party, it was impossible. So the quality of leadership is based on bonding of the same people who voted against her and who voted her back. So I think it is the bonding that matters. It is not the so-called dynasty. What matters is the bonding because of the policies, because of the dedication, because of the commitment to secular, liberal, democratic principle, which in which BJP doesn't believe. And nobody talks about what will happen to the BJP after Modi and Shah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. After Modi and Shah, BJP can disintegrate because there is no bonding except with Modi and the BJP leadership. People are not bonded with Modi, though he may be popular today. He may be popular because of tremendous amount of manipulation of media and social media. And maybe he is also popular for some other reasons, which are not exactly in the ideological frame. But yeah. the point is, even RSS and the BJP privately are extremely unhappy with him. So one could so argue, we argue that... We talk, about, we no, I, talk I, about Gandhi's, Congress without Gandhi's, we don't talk about BJP today without Modi and Shah. So there could be a reason for that, uh, which is that the BJP has a very strong ideological basis. Uh, if not for the BJP, the political party, it is backed by an organization which is ideologically very rooted in Hindutva, which is RSS. The Congress lacks a very coherent ideology and therefore it is being held together by the popularity of the family. That is why the disintegration or the uh, lack in, reducing efficiency of the family uh, become a, a, a kind of a talking point. Uh, isn't that distinction relevant? Kumar uh, Kathagar, uh, I'll come back to you, uh, Rajiv Gowda, to you also on the same question. The, the absence of a coherent ideology for the Congress. No, no, I think uh, to say that RSS with large organizational base across India is not true. Mm -hmm. RSS does not have that organizational base which has been sort of given undue presentation in the media. RSS does not have such large presentation. Secondly, RSS has been shifting in its political position. Earlier, they said RSS is not involved at all in politics. They believe in cultural nationalism. And now we see everywhere RSS playing politics, from Mohan Bhagwat to Ram Madhav. So therefore, RSS itself has been changing position. Another thing, RSS was completely, dedicatedly against Mahatma Gandhi. RSS activists were participants in the murder of Mahatma, not only in 1948. All that forms an ideology that is very strong. No, written. but the ideological, ideological strand of the RSS was anti-Mahatma Gandhi and later on anti-Pandit Jawaharlal Nehru. And today suddenly they have in, found out that only Nehru is the enemy, not Gandhi. And Gandhi has become Pratasmanani Mahatma Gandhi. So I think their <laughs> ideological strands have been changing according to political position and political opportunism is what determines their ideology. Organization is much of a chimera. It is much of a myth. Organization is there. 
but Congress cannot be compared with RSS type of organization. Congress is loose, not that it should be so loose as it is, it should be stronger, but Congress cannot have the organization the kind of RSS has. That kind of RSS is a fascist kind of organization. Congress is a loose liberal democratic organization. So, yeah, uh, Rajiv Gowda, yeah. So, the Congress yeah. is a loose uh, organization and ideologically it is also uh, quite flexible and uh, 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 changing uh, according to the situation, one could say opportunistic. So, at some point, that used to be the uh, key strength of the Congress. Do you think that strength of the Congress is also now dragging? it down. See, uh, the Congress's ideology is not narrow. It's, you know, we've heard phrases like the big tent. We do accommodate multiple voices. We do respect the fact that there are multiple ideological streams that contend. And we reject uh, those viewpoints which are focused on dividing Indians, especially on the basis of religion, which is what the BJP stands for. And the BJP goes out there and uh, finds hate much more easy to stoke. And that's why it seems like it's got a much sharper edge. But the fact of the matter is that the kind of tolerance and the broad approach that the Congress uh, has historically taken, that loser ideology is actually what represents the essence of India. And, uh, and, and what India will come back to once they realize that this is all terrible. I mean, look at the way Mr. Modi wasted his first year in a second term, just on pure, uh, you know, divisive uh, ideological agendas, you know, the NRC, CAA, all that sort of thing, which just got the whole country uh, out on the streets in protest, right? Is that uh, when, uh, when the economy needed to be fixed? Right. All right. Okay. So this is our uh, last question. I think the same question to both of you, uh, to you, Kumar Kratkar first. Is Rahul Gandhi a reluctant inheritor of the family legacy? He, I think, yeah, he's continuation of the family legacy. And uh, those who have met him or have not met him also understood. You know, otherwise, let me tell you, from Raghuram Rajan to, you know, all these people who came to discuss with him the issues of national importance on television, he's not an anchor, he's not a media personality, he's not a celebrity in the media sense. And all of them are ready to accept him as a kind of a person concerned with Indian issues. Can Modi hold a conversation with any such person, even for five minutes? In fact, Arvind Subramanian was on record saying that uh, he doesn't consult anybody. He takes his own decisions and by whims, many people who advised him or thought that they could advise him have failed because Modi thinks himself as his know-all. And therefore, I think... No, 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 but Modi's image has been built partly by media and partly by the so-called RSS tight organization. But Modi is a mythology and Modi's myth will be revealed once he is not on the stage. Because Modi's Masiagiri is not the real standing position in the Indian political context. But I have to repeat my question again because you sort of skirted that core of the question. Do you think Rahul Gandhi is a reluctant politician in the sense that uh, he uh, does not remain consistently engaged with the political battle as most politicians do. That you can say in the sense that Rahul Gandhi is not 24 by 7 politician, at least seen as 24 by 7 politicians like Modi is or many others are. He has a different kind of personality and he has a different kind of approach.
but i think it is also more introspective politics that he has gone through one can expect like i would expect him to be 24 by 7 i would expect him to go and mingle with people from kanyakumari to kashmir directly to the people like mrs gandhi did that is mrs indira gandhi did and even sonia gandhi did it in 2004 or pandit nehru used to do rahul gandhi has not been going directly to the masses of course the times have changed but despite the fact that times have changed going to the people remains fundamentally same and that rahul gandhi should be doing is obvious i mean i would support that sometimes he has done that but suddenly some he withdraws himself and uh, you raji what is your view on that see you know don't mistake um, the lack of power hungriness in the negative sense uh-huh. right you're seeing that on the other side the desire to uh, you know uh, there are democratic outcomes in goa arunachal pradesh manipur in in uh, madhya pradesh karnataka everywhere where the bjp has been defeated they are so hungry for power they essentially undermine democracy bribe their way through and uh, destabilize you know elected governments right that kind of power hunger is what you need to be as a media representative out there calling out and criticizing and instead you are expecting that our leaders who are much more focused on india's future uh, should be demonstrating that same kind of negative uh, greed for uh, power you know so that's not what rahul gandhi is all about and he will um, you know people will realize his value and the fact that that is the you know that he represents the indian ethos also you know the uh, the uh, you know we do our duty we do without worrying about the fruits the, as the bhagavad gita has listened to us and uh, that's where we are focused and uh, we'll we will see the results sooner sooner than later right okay so uh, uh, before we end i have one more question i think i should ask you because we hear a lot about a uh, lot from the critics of the nehru gandhi dynasty on what they should be doing or what they should not be doing now both of you being uh, supporters of the nehru gandhi dynasty as the discussion uh, now uh, shows and your political uh, career shows what do you think should the family be doing different one thing that you would like them to be uh, doing different so that uh, the revival of congress could be possible under them whoever wants to take it first let me jump in see basically one of the things that the lockdown has taught us is that technology allows us all to communicate wherever we are and in karnataka we had an inauguration of a new party president shukumar where we got every panchayat uh, to participate in the inauguration ceremony virtually Uh-huh. and we had screens demonstrating that they were there so this is partly an idea that i would say is um, uh, you know this is an opportunity for the party leadership to um, uh, you know to find ways to communicate and to lit- literally engage uh, with the length and breadth of india with every congress person out there and um, already you are seeing of course mrs gandhi our president just had a, a virtual meeting with our congress lok sabha mps right so these sorts of things can be scaled up and it's it's a new possibility even in a big national convention only so many people get in you know to the actual event and here is an opportunity to, for us to try and engage with many more 
And I can assure you that the one moment that more uh, Congress people say, look, we're being reached out to and they are, uh, um, and, and we can connect in some ways, um, that will just change the fire that everyone has in terms of their commitment. So that's really um, one suggestion that I would have, uh, that, um, that there would be ways in which one can engage and uh, provide that, you know, reinforce the commitment that every one of us has in the party and its leadership. To you now, uh, Kumar Gadkar, you have the last word. Yeah, the simple point is, you know, individual congressmen or individual congress leadership at the local level does not necessarily go out and emphasize the ideological strengths of the Congress. Uh -huh. They depend on the Nehru Gandhi family so much that they do not go out to the people and say that these are the values. What is the ideology? The question and the question is, as I said, secularism, liberalism and democracy. And this has been practiced by Nehru. This has been practiced by Congress also along and the local leadership, local congressmen do not really engage themselves with the people. As a result, organization gets blamed or organization doesn't emerge. So the first thing that the Congress should do is to see that those people who come to Congress only out of seeking power because Congress was in power for such a long time, they are different than the people who actually believe in Congress values. There are people in Congress who join Congress only for the sake of power, only for the sake of prestige. I think they have to be identified and kept away from the organizational and political work and they have to do this political work directly, which is itself an ideological work. And for that, the high command will have to take notice that there are many people who are only opportunist power seekers and there are people who are dedicated to the ideology. And those who get mixed up and those who talk more or show themselves more in the media sometimes get identified as the people who represent Congress. They don't. So congressmen are the partly responsible for the decline of the Congress, not the family. Right. Yeah. So interesting suggestions from both of you. Uh, I think that would be a right uh, not to conclude this uh, discussion on uh, the relevance of Nehru Gandhi dynasty and uh, the re potential revival of the Congress party. Thank you, Professor Rajiv Gowda and Mr. Kumar Gadkar for joining this edition of the Hindu podcast. Thank you both and look forward to seeing you again on this program soon. Thank you. 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 Bye. Bye.